Hey guys, this is Chris and Megan from Tap the Craft. I'm excited to tell you about a new company that we've partnered with called Hopcloth. Hopcloth is based in Tampa, Florida, and they produce some of the best craft beer apparel around. They have great designs such as the Drink Beer From Here series, supporting all 50 U.S. states, as well as other great designs to show that craft beer is not alcoholism, it's a hobby. There are tees, tanks, and hoodies for men, women, and your newborn future beer lovers. We personally own a handful of their shirts, and we can attest they're super soft and comfortable. You can find their website at www.hopcloth.com or check out our Facebook page for links. What community sounds like? Stay open. Hello, craft beer friends, and welcome to another episode of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce, and I'm coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft and brewery owner in Columbus, Ohio, is Mr. John Ream. John, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. You know, since we're here talking right now, I'm not scraping glue off of a wall, Ooh. so I'd say this is a win. Okay, so, yeah. so what's up with the glue? I, I, I'm assuming it wasn't the kids gluing stuff to the wall. It was actually at the brewery? Yeah, it's at the brewery. Um, it, so we, we had to split the, the prior, the previous space was just a big kitchen where the brewery is going to be. Mm-hmm. We we're splitting that into, and back in the back area where the brewery is going to be, they had the FRP on the wall, you know, for a cleanable surface, yeah. for like health code requirement and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, back there, due to a lot of heat and moisture and stuff, it was coming off the walls. So we're just getting rid of it. Um, but it left behind all this glue that's not going to hold paint and stuff. So I'm scraping it all off. It's awesome. It's well, so fun. Well, you know what? That's part of your job now. It is. Paint scraper. Glue scraper. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. I get a night off for it. There so. you go. See? Good things do happen. You work hard during the days, getting all sticky and then you have to, a chance to relax drink beer and talk about craft beer with me so i'm glad that we're able to do this now just in case we have any new listeners to the show i just want to explain what tap the craft podcast is all about we are an educational podcast we focus around celebrating all things craft beer we want to help you along in your craft beer journey and we hope we can do that uh, just by uh, you guys listening and and asking, asking questions and, and interacting with us, not only on the show, of course, but on our social medias. And you are listening to episode 81, and we are recording on Monday, August 28th, 2017. And this episode, uh, we don't have a ton of content. We're going to focus on one news article. Actually, I don't think it was an article. It was just, it was, it was just an article, not a news article. It's not really covering news, but it's an interesting article on how to kill your brand on social media. Now, that's not really what the, ta- the title of the article is. That's just my take on what this article is talking about. And I thought it was pretty interesting. And just to give plugs to one of our listeners, uh, she gave it to us uh, as a possible topic. And this was provided by a listener uh, in the Florida area, Close But No Saison. I want to thank her for providing us this article and a topic for us, our discussion tonight. 
And of course, you can count on John and I having all kinds of great beer conversation as we go through all of our noteworthy beers and activities and everything. You guys can count on some fun interaction with from us. But before we get into all that good topic, let's go ahead and share what we are drinking tonight. Because as everyone knows, a good craft beer podcast is drinking good craft beer. So John, what kind of craft beer is in your glass tonight? I am drinking from the Alchemist, or from yeah, from the Alchemist uh, Crusher. Mm. It's their American Double IPA. Um, and uh, I actually just poured it into the glass uh, while you were doing the intro there because I got distracted by us talking before the show. <laughs> um, but it's got a nice uh, piney head to it, and has a little piney and resiny uh, taste. Which is unlike a lot of the other beers that I'm going to talk about in a little bit uh, that came from this same source. Oh. So, um, yeah, I'm enjoying the uh, just couple of sips that I've had. Although okay. I have to say, so we've d- discussed previously with Hetty Topper, you know, it says drink from the can. Yes. Um, this one says no such thing. Oh. Um, but I maintain that if your cans are going to be full of sediment, you need to tell people that they need to pour carefully out of your can <laughs> because I got to the end and plop, there went it all, and now it looks like it's snowing inside my glass. So. Oh, wow. Mm. Well, I mean, I'm going to drink it anyway because it's not going to hurt me, but it, it definitely uh, knocks points down from the you know visual appeal. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I, the same thing with the Hitty Topper. When I poured that into a glass against the rules, uh, it did have uh, kind of a nasty-looking... You know, it wasn't visually pleasing, that's for sure. Yeah. But anyway, I, I'm going to power through it. Uh, I think, you know, it's just just a problem that I'll have to, I'll have to face alone. Okay. Okay. Maybe you can create a little whirlpool and uh, clean it up, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you drinking at night? Well, you know, uh, we're recording on a Monday night, and I literally just walked in the door from work. I grabbed the first bottle I found in my beer fridge. And guess what? It was a nice big 750 milliliter bottle of North Coast Brewings, Theon- uh, Brother Theonius Belgian Dark Strong Ale. And this is a beer that uh, when it comes around, I drink it every year. And I, f- I, f- I discovered that I've only logged it one other time in Untap, but I do drink it whenever I see it. And, and in fact, my wife picked this up for me this weekend when she went and did a Costco run. She said, hey, I see that one of your favorite beers is available, so she went ahead and grabbed it, and now I'm drinking it. And the bottle on date here is uh, six twenty two seventeen. This is a pretty fresh, fresh bottle, and it tastes great. I'm and again, John and I said we had a little bit of pre-show uh, discussion, and I literally have drank over half this bottle just in the time we were talking. So if I get I'll tongue-tied. See. The, the, now you know why. <laughs> yeah, so you're better than me. You did the smart thing of drinking your beer, staring <laughs> at it, talking, wishing you were drinking your beer. Yeah, yeah. You, you should know. have. You should have been quick. Pop that lid and start chugging that that thing when we were doing our pre-show. Yeah. All right, John. So we left the last episode discussing that we both were going to have some activities going on this last weekend, and uh, why, well, for you this last weekend, for me the weekend before. So what kind of fun beer related activities did you do since our last recording? 
So, uh, yeah, this past weekend I went down to Nashville uh, for my buddy Pete's bachelor party. Mm. Um, and part of that, we did some brewery hopping, uh, which was which was fun. Okay. I got to go to a few places I'd never been before. Ah. Um, so I'm, I'll mention a few of them and just like a highlight beer or so, you know, just uh, uh, give, give it a nice idea without going uh, completely – crazy off the rails yeah so no i'm I'm gonna go um, off the rails at mine so you can you can yeah but people expect that of you and i (laughs) I have to you know keep it contained okay um so i'm gonna do a nice tight hour 30 on this so um so yeah so we uh first place we went uh brewery wise was new heights brewing uh it was pretty close to where we were staying and uh so we just walked over there and i I think this was probably my favorite of the places we went. Um, every beer that I tried was good. Uh, I tried everybody else's beers uh, as well as mine and a couple I had. Um, <clears throat> and uh, they were all excellent. Uh, they had very good barley wine and uh, double IPA and other stuff. But uh, the first beer I had uh, stood out for me, uh, which was their coffee cream ale. Mm. Uh, which was very good and very reminiscent, you know, for me of the Rubens Kenya Cream or the okay. Georgetown. Um, oh, now crema. I'm blanking on his name. The Crema. Gusta Crema. Gusta Crema. Yes. I, yeah. I had half of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. See, that's why we're, we're a good team. <laughs> um, but uh, like Pete is not a coffee person. He doesn't like coffee beers, but he oh. tasted this and he's like, Oh, I actually like that. <laughs> and he's had the other two that I mentioned and that they didn't elicit that reaction. Really? So, um, but it was a very good, uh, very good beer. The folks there were really nice. Uh, they were actually having a, an open mic night. Um, oh. and a couple of folks we listened to for a bit were, were pretty funny. And we went, went and played some cornhole for a while. So. Oh, but yeah, great, Great little place, uh, nice little tap room. Um, they look like they have a lot of space, so uh, I don't know how much their beer gets out. They do can, so maybe if you're in the area, you can grab some New Heights because it it was uh, very tasty. Okay, so. we we have a few listeners from the the Tennessee area now. Tennessee is a big state, so I don't know if they're near Nashville, but like you said, maybe they they can get some distribution from the the canning and stuff. So that's good to know. Yeah, um, so that's definitely a recommendation if if you're in the area, go check that place out. Um, so another that we went to is Jackalope Brewing, uh, which you have to go to because it's a great brewery name. Um, yeah, but but and, are, uh, wait, but Jackalopes? I thought they were mainly in like Wyoming. Well, these ones migrated to Tennessee <laughs> to make beer. Okay, so. Um, but here I had, uh, they have a deer antler series, which uh, I'm not sure if it's all barrel-aged stuff. They were really busy, so we uh, couldn't really talk with the folks behind the bar because um, they only had like three seats at the bar and then a huge line that they were trying to, um, you know, satisfy. So, but uh, it's at least a, like a special, you know, release type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a barrel-aged version of their red ale, that was really good. Um, and you know, this is one of those things like red ale is not really a beer you would think to put into a barrel. Um, but they, they did a really good job with it. 
Um, like the barrel didn't overpower the beer. You could still get, you know, some of the base beer out of it. Uh, so that one, it was a, a nice surprise and I, I really enjoyed that. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was a good stop. Although we, we ended up going there the second day because when we tried to go there the first day, they close at eight o'clock and Whoa. it was after eight o'clock. So we couldn't go. Um, and then we had the same issue with the next brewery, which is Yazoo. I've heard um, of Yazoo. That's the one yeah, I've heard and of. Our, and our our buddy Devious Mr. Matt just went down there oh, uh, a couple weeks ago. That's maybe that's um, why I remember it. I knew I've heard of it from someone. It was from Matt. <laughs> yeah. So and I had mentioned uh, Yazoo because I had had them at the airport in Nashville last year. Okay. When I was there for uh, Wes's wedding, and uh, I will say it's a lot cheaper to drink Yazoo at Yazoo <laughs> rather than the airport. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> um. But uh, there I started off with their Summer Goes, uh, which is very nice and very refreshing. Uh, it, it was a, a good one to have after a nice long walk over to Yazoo because it, you know, just let me take a break and mm-hmm. cool off. Nice. So, uh, and then after that, I dipped into their new, um, Oh, no, I can't remember the, what they called it, but they, they started a, they've started a sour program within the last like year or two. And they had three, three beers available through that program. They had a, a Flanders red, mm-hmm. um, something else. <laughs> and then this beer, oh. uh, Saison Du Bois. And, uh, um. it was a really nice Saison. And, and as you kept drinking and it was warming up a little bit, you're like, Oh yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of funk in here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really enjoyed it. It, it was uh, it was very nice. Um, okay. Was there some and, uh, uh, woodiness to it? Like because uh, uh, boys and French is like uh, wooded or trees, forest. Um, I wasn't picking that up, but maybe they did it by barrel aging it in, with some Britannomyces or something. Maybe that's how they got that funkiness in okay. there. I, okay, I don't know. Um, and. Uh, but yeah, that was another very nice beer uh, that that I enjoyed. Uh, but yeah, overall, uh, we had a great time down there. Had some some great beers out out at the breweries and bars, and also we picked up a bunch of stuff at a nice bottle shop. But well, really huge liquor and everything store. But uh, yeah, good time was had by all. So. Ah, excellent. So, what brought Pete to Nashville. Does he have family? Is he from? He's. I thought he was from uh, Ohio. Does he have family in Nashville? He is. Um, all the folks we were trying to get together, it was kind of a central location. Um, so no matter where we picked, people were like the majority of people were going to have to travel. So we tried to get kind of in the middle. Oh, okay, that um, makes sense. So that was a, a place that that'd be fun and uh, put it in the middle. So. Okay. Okay, now you didn't mention any pole dancing or strippers or anything. Did, I mean, you mentioned beer. Is there any fun besides beer? Yeah, I'm not sure what you're referring to. Hey, hey it's only Las so. Vegas that what happens in Las <laughs> Vegas stays in Las Vegas. Uh, nothing or about whatever. I don't want to talk about. Things, no. Um, no, we had a good time. We did. Well, good. good. So, but how about you? I know you. Uh, you had a, a pretty nice. Uh, time out uh, in Oregon, right? I did. I did. I had, 
I had a couple events that I went to, and I'll save one for later in the show. But the first one I want to talk about, like you mentioned, I did go to the Eastern Oregon Oregon uh, Beer Festival in La Grande, Oregon. And this is a, a, a festival that my buddy Alex went to last year for the first time, and he really had a good time. But he went by himself, and he realized that he needed somebody there for support. Because when you go to a brew festival by yourself, you, you don't have anyone to, to check you, right? To check you to make sure you, you're not drinking too much, too too fast, and getting all you know wasted and, and make a fool of yourself. And yeah, see, I, I would either go that way or I would be like, well... All right, I guess that was all my tokens. I'm just yeah, going to go, gonna go yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> So he didn't He didn't say yeah, it was all my tokens. I'm going to go now. I, I guess last year he went hog wild and tried every beer they had and regretted it. Then, you know, he kind of basically stumbled back to his hotel room, passed out, and that was it. Didn't have, you know, next morning he got up, went off, and did some more brewery crawling, but he kind of had a short night. This night he said, hey, I want someone to come with me. And it was a boys' night, or actually a boys' weekend. He picked me up Saturday morning. We drove the three hours to Le Grand. Uh, we showed up just in time for the opening of the beer festival for the people who picked up a VIP pass. Now, by the time I got to get my ticket, the VIP tickets were all sold out. So I wasn't able to go into the beer festival when it opened up at, at uh, 11 o'clock. I had to wait till noon. Uh, so let me explain. The, the, there was two tickets. There's a $25 ticket for regular entry. You get a nice Pilsner glass, glass glass, that is 8-ounce glass um, for 4-ounce pours. You got eight tokens and entry into the, the beer festival. That, that's what you got for that. If you paid the $40 for the VIP, you got into the beer festival an hour early. You also got uh, a little swag bag that gave you a, a couple extra things and you got a, a special glass now this is a tulip glass that is uh, was a special eclipse glass because eclipse was happening that weekend or the monday after that weekend and this was a pretty nice uh, tulip glass uh so i would i would have uh, picked up the 40 dollar pack just for that tulip glass because it's a really nice glass but i was also very pleasantly pleased that they didn't short me with some crappy plastic little glass. They gave me a very nice eight ounce Pilsner glass glass. Uh, I, I really, I really liked it. So while he went in to drink beer ahead of me for an hour, uh, I went and did a walk. I walked uh, about two and a half miles around this nice, you know, nice uh, farmland area. It's a small. Lagrande is a small town in, in Eastern Oregon. And I just walked around. It kind of reminded me of, of, you know, what I grew up as. I worked on farms, lived in a small farm area, and it kind of brought back some real good memories for me. Um, I love it that when you're in a country town, everyone is friendly. As they drive by, they kind of stick their hand up and wave. Nobody knew me, but you know what? I waved to at least two dozen people as I was doing my two-and-a-half-mile walk, uh, wasting an hour of my uh, my afternoon. So... It made me feel good. So Just then, a friendly fellow. It is. Yeah, I'm a friendly fellow, and they're friendly, friendly. You know, farm country people are, are can be friendly, especially in Oregon. I, I really like really like that. So I finally get to go in at noon. Now, meanwhile, Alex got. Oh, he also got. Uh, I think he got 15 tokens along with that uh, special glass and the hour early and the swag bag. So 
I don't know. Was it worth the extra fifteen dollars? Maybe, but uh, I'm okay. I'm I'm happy with my twenty five dollars. I did end up buying. Uh, they were selling extra tokens. I got eight tokens with my entry, and I bought four more tokens for five dollars. They were a buck twenty five a piece. I thought that was a little bit. I mean, give me the five for a buck, right? That's what normal uh, tokens are for four ounce pours. But it's okay, no, no big deal. So I had that's, that's not bad. I, I usually see like a buck fifty or something, and then they knock off that extra quarter if you do the four at a time or something okay. like that. Okay, okay. Like, well, but keep in mind, we're in Podunk, La Grande, Oregon. When I think the max amount of people that showed up was like a hundred. So it's not like we're in a a high density population where a lot yeah, of people so were they, coming. So they need that money. Why are you? <laughs> I I will say this. I really enjoyed the venue. It was in the fairgrounds, and they have a small little uh, country fairgrounds, and it was really done nicely. They had two exhibit halls on either side of the entry, and they had half the, the breweries on one side and half the on the other. So you you were in a nice nice size exhibit hall without all the people. You know, A lot of times they'll put the beer all in one exhibit hall where you have – Tables on one side and tables on the other, and you have the middle where you have to try to, you know, weed your way through. No, we didn't have that problem here. They, they really did a nice job. Overall, I really enjoyed the festival, but it is a smaller festival. It's not like what you experience in the big towns, Seattle or in California or even, honestly, here in Boise. I think Boise, well, you know what? Some of the ones I have here in Boise can be, you know, pretty close to that, but I really enjoyed it. I thought... The amount that I paid, yeah, I, I think maybe entry at $20 would have been more reasonable, say 5 bucks. Maybe the $35 for the VIP, say $5 on that, might have made the, the it worth more uh, you know, cost-wise. But overall, um, it was a fun time. Now, I will say that uh, most of breweries were from the Eastern Oregon breweries, smaller breweries that I never had heard of. I've never had had tried beers from or heard of. And they did have a few special beers that would come in from out of town. We did have a couple Boise. We had Payette uh, Brewing came in from Boise. We had Sockeye come in from Boise. We had a, They had a couple uh, kegs that they uh, brought in from Portland area, although we didn't try any of those because they were kind of uh, – they only had a few, like, rotating taps that as they ran out of a keg they'd fill something else in and we weren't there long enough we were there for like four hours but that wasn't long enough to go through uh where they they cycled through all those extra kegs from boy uh from portland i actually wanted to try some uh fatheads they had a fatheads uh ipa i think they they were bringing in and that never made tap before i left but now let me just go into some of the special beers that i tried actually i'm going to talk about two and it's from one brewery. And it's a brewery that I had uh, never heard of. And I'm not even sure where they're from. It's from somewhere in, in uh, Eastern Oregon, as far as I understand. And it's from, it's from Dragon's Gate uh, Brewing. And the, the two beers that I enjoyed the most out of the entire festival was from this brewery. And the first one was a Saison. And it's called uh, – it's, and he's uh, – he kind of has a, a – kind of goes with a Scottish theme – and it's it's called Y Drag Gulch. I have no idea what it means, and Nailed I probably it. just I, I I probably butchered it. But what it was yes. was so many people are offended right now. <laughs> yeah, but what it was was a saison with hibiscus. And I'll tell you what, 
this Saison is what I would recommend anyone that is hesitant or doesn't like Saisons or farmhouse ales because they're too strong in flavors. This one is so fantastic, delicate, very refreshing, great summer ale. Now, it was pretty hot that day. I, I mean, it was probably... Uh, it was, I mean, it was probably 95, pretty warm there for Oregon. And uh, this was a perfect summer ale. I could drink this beer all summer long. Um, it wasn't too heavy in alcohol. I think it was like, you know, 5.8 or something like that. Not too heavy. N- very good flavors. The hibiscus provided a kind of a flowery uh, flavor to it, but not too much flowery. There's a little bit of fruit in there too. There might have, they they may have added some uh, some kind of a, a berry to it. I don't know. I don't remember. Very refreshing. Very good. Anyone can enjoy this beer. I I really enjoyed it. That was my I think my favorite beer of the the festival. The next beer I also enjoyed, and it was um, a sour beer. And this again, the sour beer was done really well, and it was using cherries. Now cherries can come across two ways it can really be harsh and hard to drink or it can be light and fruity and this one added a light fruity flavor to the sour the sour was not over the top i even uh, got my buddy alex to try it because he hates sours and he actually enjoyed this beer because i enjoy it so much he went and got a, a glass of it and said yeah the sour was pretty good fantastic uh, sour cherry ale and uh, those those were the two highlights of my of my day. Now, were there some disappointing beers there? Yeah, um, there were some disappointing beers, but that's you know you you can't win all the time, right? I, I tried a bunch of breweries that I've never had before, and some I really enjoyed, and some kind of fell to the wayside. Now, one of the breweries that I tried that I enjoyed was a brand new brewery that just opened not too long ago in La Grande, Oregon, the first brewery in La Grande. And it's called Side A Brewing. And I want you to remember this name. Side A Brewing. I guarantee this brewery will win awards at the next Great American Beer Festival. If I do not see an award from them, I'll be shocked. That also requires they enter, though. They will enter. They have to enter. Because nobody expects beer from small little town of Baker City, from Barley Browns in Baker City. Nobody knows of Baker City. To win so many Great American Beer Festival awards, well, guess what? Side A Brewing makes such good beer. I believe they will win awards if they enter next next uh, Great American Beer Festival, which is coming up soon, right, John? Is that coming up soon, or is that next yeah, year? Is it... No, Great American Beer Festival is every year in October. October. Okay, that's what I wanted to hear. Okay, so let's uh, remember what I said, John. Let's see if we can find some Side A Brewing beers uh in that in that award ceremony, well, when did when did they open? They opened just uh, be, well between. They weren't open at the last time the beer festival went on because Alex, uh, they weren't there and they didn't have. So they opened within like the last six months, I believe. Okay, well they they may or may not have been able to actually enter because you have to secure entries like a, a little while back and and such. So. If it's not this year, I'll, I'll I'll leave your prediction out for next year as well. Okay, okay. Just in case. Well, I just want people to know that I think this brewery is going to be something special like Barley Browns. 
Um, let me talk about, we, we went to, I had their Swartz beer. I didn't really mention it on the, the brewers, but I had their Swartz beer. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good black lager. Very well done. Good flavor. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, we got done with the festival. We walked down to downtown La Grande. Again, not very big town, so it wasn't very far to walk. And we uh, decided they had they, they have a uh, they have food and they have beer uh, on site. And so we decided we're going to eat dinner and we're going to drink beer. So I went ahead and had a bunch of, uh, of samples that they uh, provided, and uh, I, I picked the ones that I enjoyed the most and had full pints of these beers. And the one that I liked a lot, um, which I gave, a, I think I gave a perfect five cap rating to, was their Walter White, Walter Weiss, uh, Light Hefeweizen. Again, play <laughs> on Walter White, I, I believe. Um, I'll tell you what, this wheat beer, wheat ale, has everything that I love in a good wheat ale. It's kind of a cross between an American wheat and a, and a German wheat. It had that, that, uh, the clo- you know, a little bit of banana, a little bit of cloviness to it. it. It didn't come across real bitter, but it didn't come across real sweet. It, it really was a good beer. I loved it. I gave it five caps. It, if that beer doesn't win an award, I'll be shocked. The next beer that I really enjoyed was their Brown Out Oatmeal Ale, which was actually a brown ale. Again, you guys, everyone knows how much I love brown ales. Brown ales don't get the rep that they should and I'm, I love when I see breweries do a brown ale really well. Another fantastic entry. Who knows? Maybe they can win an award, too. They had other beers. All the beers were really well done. I, but those are the ones I wanted to kind of mention out that if you have a chance to drive through the Grand, stop by Side A Brewing, have a meal, have their beer, enjoy it. Service, fantastic. Food, fantastic. I, I mean, everything that I experienced at Side A Brewing it was what I enjoy in a brewery operation. Um, really good. So I, I just had to talk them up a little bit. Nice. Yeah, and they and it sounds like they just hit it out of the park right out of the gate. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really did. I think they did. And, and like I said, keep, mark my words, we will be seeing more of them, uh, I'm sure. Okay, now the next day, we drank a lot. We walked a lot. We went to the park. We talked a lot. Great bro weekend. But you know what? The bro weekend doesn't end on Saturday. We stayed over in Le Grand because we weren't able to drive after all this beer drinking. Uh, we had a nice rest. Next morning, we get up, have a great breakfast in Le Grand, and drive an hour and a half outside of our way to go to Joseph, Oregon, and, uh, and Enterprise, Oregon, to go have some terminal... Uh, gravity beers, and I've had Terminal Gravity. And I think John, you probably have, have you had Terminal Gravity before when you were in Seattle. Yeah, they distributed bottles there. Yeah, so I've had a number of their stuff here locally, but it was nice to go into the nice uh, wooded area. There's a uh, Wallala Lake area in the Wallala uh, National Forest. It was nice to go and uh, enjoy the the scenery, the lake, uh, and have some lunch and have some uh, beers. And uh, I, I wanted to just kind of mention two beers that I really enjoyed at Terminal Gravity. One was their Swartz beer. Again, I had two Swartz beers this weekend. That's unheard of. Nobody makes Swartz beers. Well, guess what? I had two from two different breweries. Well, very well done. I really enjoyed the Swartz beer from Terminal Gravity. Also, 
I had their Knuckle Buster Strong Red Ale, which was actually a strong ale, but it was in a it had a red hue, so it was kind of a like a it wasn't an imperial red, it was more of a strong ale thing. Really malty with a hop, you know, it had a decent hop uh, profile in there too. Very good. I think it was like 9.7% alcohol. I mean, it's it was creeping up there in the in the alcohol range, but uh, another fantastic beer. We had Here's what I like. We walked into the place. We were the first ones there. Uh, nobody else is there. The bartender said, "Hey, uh, can I get you some some samples?" I said, "Yeah, I've had some of your beers. Let me see what what you know what I haven't had." I named off the ones I haven't had. She didn't even she didn't say, "You know, can I get you a flight or anything?" She went and poured a flight of beers for us and gave it to us for free of whatever we wanted to try. She says, "Hey, I'm not here to make you know to to to. I'm here to sell you a beer, but I'm here." To have you find a beer that you enjoy and enjoy a pint of it, and she poured us a flight of beers and we tried them and we picked the ones that we uh, got the most out of for no no charge. I mean that's service right there. I really appreciate that she uh, went out of her way to to really make us feel welcome. Uh, another gr- place that had great service. So if you can go to Terminal Gravity, I recommend stopping by, enjoy the scenery and the beer. Nice. Yeah. So, man, I, I definitely got off on a tangent, John. I apologize. But let's see. I know you can reel it in, keep us on track. How about some Trek Brewing news? Yeah. So uh, I mentioned last time that I was uh, deep in Indiegogo, Indiegogo like perk fulfillment. Um, and now I we have sent everything out except one. We're waiting on one T-shirt to come in. So that we can send it out. Oh, um, and then uh, we'll have sent everything out, which is awesome. Excellent, excellent. Um, and you'll notice it's still August. So, <laughs> <laughs> but <clears throat> so I, I'm excited to get to get that done. I spent a lot of time putting boxes together and getting all that. Oh, I that bet. Um, and it's been awesome to see folks, you know posting their gear and, and everything so yeah we, we love seeing that and please uh show it to us so yeah so i i did mention that i was going to wear my hat and shirt to the beer festival i did i even wore it this last week. i've worn my outfit uh multiple times twice in both weekends um so i'm supporting you guys i'm uh, promoting trek brewing now i will have one one thing that i will note and I didn't realize it until this weekend that my shirt, the shirts only say Trek Trailblazer on it. So a lot of people look at me kind of weird and they're wondering, what is my shirt saying? And they, you know, they ask, what, what is, you know, what, what is that? I said, oh, it's a brewery. And I point to the hat and the, and the hat kind of, you know, points them to the right direction. Oh, a brewery. But uh, I realized that, you know, it's not obvious that my shirt is representing a brewery. Just to let you know. Yeah, well, it, that one's just one special run because nobody's ever going to have those shirts yeah. again. So, okay, don't worry. Soon you'll be able to purchase something that says brewery on it. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, just a spoiler. No. Um, so then we uh, we also have had construction actually happening, which is awesome. Um, and we have now completed the firewall that we had to put up between the brewery area and what we'll maintain as the kitchen area in the, in the building. 
that's complete. Uh, they've got the door framed out for that where we'll be able to move kegs back and forth and, and whatnot. Because that's going to be important. Um, and then uh, they've also uh, prepped the floors for uh, floor cutting, which is going to happen this week. So the plumbers can get get in there and uh, get everything where we need it. Uh, and uh, then they've also uh, cut out the overhead door uh, space in the in the back wall, where we'll have a, a roll up door that we can actually, you know, get our pallets of grain and kegs and everything in and out. Uh, so that's that's exciting to see. Uh, I've been I've been waiting for this big <laughs> big hole to just be knocked in the wall. So, um, yeah, and, and stay tuned. There'll be there'll be pictures up. Uh, they'll probably be up before this even airs. Or, but uh, yeah, if you if you missed it, go take a look because it'll be up. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's uh that's the big things right now. Um, stuff's gonna start happening really fast mm-hmm. uh, once we get the the plumbers and electricians and everybody in there. So. Uh, things are moving. Well, good. So when do you expect your pilot system to be moved in? Uh, I'm hoping sometime in September. That's, okay. Uh, that's the goal. That's next oh. week, right? Well, it starts this week. <laughs> this week. Okay, Friday. Yeah. Move it in Friday. Yeah. And then it'll just be really dusty um, while they finish, you know, cutting stuff. But uh No. Hopefully within the next month, then we can uh, get our licensing stamped and start making some of the smaller batches. So we'll we'll see. Nice, nice. All right. Well, good. So while you're talking, John, what about some noteworthy beers besides the one we already talked about that you had a chance to drink uh, since our last recording? And make it quick. We're we're in a time crunch. Yeah, yeah. And go figure that the. Uh, I finally have a lot to talk about. <laughs> um, so I had mentioned last time that uh, Buddy West had, had visited and he left me some beers. And uh, one of those was from Trogues. And that was their barrel-aged Troganator. Oh, nice. Uh, you know, their their big uh, Bach, which uh, this thing was very nice. It was very smooth. <laughs> it drank real easy and i was very sad i only had one bottle because i could have just kept going on it um uh, even a beer you know that size uh it just went down real nice uh so kristen and i enjoyed uh that one together she she really likes it too so nice um but yeah that that was a great one and then uh you know wes had mentioned that he enjoyed the the tired hands Know, extra vanilla milkshake. Oh yeah, yeah. IPA. Yeah. Um. Well, he left he left me uh, one of those as well. It was it was definitely uh, an older one, which he acknowledged when he when he brought it. Um. But uh, I think it was from March. Mm. Um. But it actually still had uh the the vanilla was very pronounced, and I'm curious how the vanilla um plays when the hops are a little more fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh. But that it. Definitely, it tasted like an orange creamsicle. Oh, nice. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it was nice. So now I, I do want to go try it try it fresh, even though I, 
I, I, I just love giving Wes crap about uh, these IPAs, <laughs> mostly because I never could get them because obviously I was never anywhere close to, to the area. Um, but, you know, Wes, Wes brought that uh, Northeast IPA into, into my life, and then uh, a nice little care package arrived uh, from my aunt and uncle uh, out of D.C. They mm. just completed a, a big brewery tour, and they delivered back uh, some flying dog. Mm-hmm. And some items from The Alchemist, like I'm drinking tonight. Nice. From uh, The Vale, which oh, we mentioned I'm so before. so jealous. And from uh, Aslan Brewing. Also jealous. Um, Both, all of them are good. So they're, I, I think the most beers were from The Vale. Um, There's a big uh, contingent of those. And so I, I started through all of The Vale uh you know, IPAs, because they're all, you know, in that that same vein as well, it seems. Uh, but at the very least, I wanted to get through the IPAs while they were more fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started with uh, the Vale's Potato Napkin, because <laughs> it's just an awesome name. That, that's a unique to. name. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this this one was uh, had nice, nice fruity notes, uh, tropical notes to it. Uh, very, very enjoyable. Um and a good kickoff for all these beers. And then uh, from there, I went into uh, Casual Drinks, um, which was uh, very similar, um, fr- more fruity, citrusy profile. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I cracked into Eyelids. Okay. And that was my favorite of all these beers that I've had so far. Um, and that one uh, just had a little bit, uh, more complexity going on. It, it had some of the tropical fruity notes, but it also had, uh, you know, pushing into citrus and then also into that kind of resiny, you know, mm. it, it kind of, it, I don't know, it had more going on as the beer like warmed up and you were drinking it, you know, it, it, it wasn't just, this is my flavor profile. It was yeah. more, it was a different experience going through the glass. Okay. Uh, and uh, that one actually earned a five from me. So. Wow, nice. Yeah, so I'm, it's really easy to pick up. It's at most grocery stores, I believe, across the country. So, <laughs> okay, it, it actually it makes me sad that, that I can't get these now because now that I've actually experienced it, they they are very good. So, you know, if if you are out in the, they're in Virginia, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep, they're in Virginia, so and if you're out their way, definitely pick them up. Yeah. So yeah, and and uh, make sure you give my name and address to your uh, aunt and uncle so they can send me a care package too. Is that okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, my uh, my care package was driven back in a cooler. Oh, you know, so oh, it, it's a little bit uh, more more cost. Okay, you, know, you'll, okay. you will have to you know front that. Obviously. Okay, all right. But, uh, yeah. Um. So then I'll, I'll finish up uh, with a beer that uh, I also had this this past weekend when we picked up, and it's one that uh, my buddy Rob uh, had tried a while back and had told me about, and I missed it that that time it was released, and or at least in the Seattle area I missed it. And that's from uh, Prairie Artist Nails, and that's their Bomb, mm. um, which uh, is a really nice um, imperial stout. That also has. I'm trying to get my picture up to tell me. Yeah, 
uh, so I don't mess it up. Um, it, it's an imperial stout aged on coffee, uh, cacao nibs, vanilla beans, and chili peppers. Oh, wow. And it is delicious. Um, and uh, I, I was sad that we uh, we were sharing this bottle mm-hmm. I think three ways, a 12 ounce bottle. Yeah. <laughs> three I've, ways. Seen, the, I've um, seen the bottle before. Yeah. And, uh, because I, I, I could have just taken that whole thing into a big, you know, sniffed your glass and, and enjoyed myself for an entire evening, just, you know, enjoying it as it kind of goes through all of its little phases warming up. Um, but, uh, I gave that one a five too. Nice. So, uh, yeah. yeah. It was another good good beer to enjoy so, so so i get that beer here and i haven't tried it because the fact that you know how i am with peppers but now that i see that you gave it a five i'm gonna have to spend the money in and try it because i can't i can't not try it if you give a beer a five so you, you've no, convinced the, me the the pepper the chili pepper is not like it's not in your face okay. this this whole beer everything is very it all plays well together. Okay. In a very nice way. Nice. So, yeah, I would definitely if you if you see it again, grab it. And I don't know how long this one was sitting at this particular store. Ah. Um because they while they had a nice selection, uh one of the first beers that uh Pete picked up off the shelf and he's like, "Oh, this would be great to try." <laughs> like, oh, cool. Yeah, he handed it to me and it was an IPA. And I was just holding it for a minute or two. And then I looked down at the uh, stamp on date and it was from August mm. of 2016. So yeah, a year yeah. old, a year old IPA. No. And, no. and warm on the shelf. So <laughs> we put that one back. <laughs> good. Good. Um, but yeah, so that, that's it for me. And I, I had to cut, you know, I, I don't. I haven't had to be this selective for a long time, <laughs> uh, just due to moving and everything else. It was, it was weird putting this list together. So uh, uh, here, here, John, I'll let you add some more beers from this last two weeks in the next episode. So you can just add some more if you want to con- continue your your fresh beerness. Yeah, I still have more to get through in the fridge, though. So <laughs> all right, good. Uh, I'll still have some more. So how about you? What, are, what have you had? Okay, I am going to go quickly because I took too much time in my last uh, discussion. But um, I did mention that I was going to be going to a Modern Times event. Modern Times Brewing finally came into the Boise area the week after, or the week we released the show. And I went to Tuesday, I went to an event at the Beer 30 Bistro uh, in, in Boise. And I, and I was able to enjoy and try a few of their beers. And I just want to list the ones that I I really enjoyed. I have a couple more in my fridge I haven't tried yet. But the the first one, Modern Times Black House Coffee Oatmeal Stout. Um, not the barrel-aged one. I think that uh, Wes mentioned that he liked the, the barrel-aged one. Is that right, John? Do you remember? Yeah, the Mega... The Mega... Black House. Black House, yeah. Was. Um, yeah. But you know what? I'm sure I would love the Mega Black House also because the Black House coffee oatmeal stout, fantastic beer. I really enjoyed that beer. Um, the next one was the Modern Times Devil's Teeth, which was aged in bourbon barrels and with 
barrel-aged coffee beans. And I'll tell you what, I have ne- I don't think I've ever had a beer with the barrel-aged uh, coffee beans. So I know we talked about it in a previous show, but I, as far as I know, I've never had one with a, with that type of character. I really enjoyed this beer. Now, this was a big beer. I don't remember the, the alcohol content. Something like maybe 12%, 14%, some big, giant alcohol by volume. But I will tell you, it was a little bit boozy. It came across a little bit boozy with the bourbon, but the flavor was fantastic. And the coffee flavor was so... It was so subtle and and really enjoyable in this in this big beer, and I'm I want to try more beers that are that are aged with the you know barrel aged coffee beans. You know I want to try those kind of beers because this one was really enjoyable and it was a, a bit expensive. I think for a ten ounce pour, it was like eight bucks for a ten ounce pour, but it was worth it. I really enjoyed that beer. And the the last one I want to mention is in uh, Modern Times Accumulated Knowledge, which is a New England IPA. And another really good New England IPA. Juicy, hazy, great flavors. Um, I'm also really starting to appreciate the, the characters that come out in a New England IPA. And I think Modern Times did a really good job. For a West Coast brewery, um, they did a really good job in making a, a New England IPA that was very... Uh, tasty and refreshing. Well, there's nothing really about the location of your brewery that goes into making a good beer in that style, but true. But <laughs> we, we've discussed. You, you've already mentioned that some of the breweries don't understand what it takes to make a good New England IPA. I don't want flour true. in my IPA. I want a, a really good, flavorful IPA, and uh, they did a good job. Um, I, I will say I, I mentioned before that. In my area, there's a lot of breweries that are starting to, you know, venture out and try New England-style hazy IPAs. They're hit or miss, honestly. Some do it really well, and some just miss the the mark, right? They just don't have the characteristics that that are make up a good New England IPA. So there is definitely some skill involved. It's not just a, you know, brew it, and it's going to taste great. They can brew it and think they're brewing it correctly, and not turn out correct, in my opinion. So, so John, I'm really curious. I heard, I saw that you were brewing a New England IPA. Have you have you tried it yet? Uh, it's carbonating right now. Okay, as okay. we speak. So. Okay, because I'm really curious to hear how yours turned out, and I want to see a picture. It, it, it's not it's not up to my standard. Okay, I'll, I'll say of what I tasted so far, but I, it it could come together, you know, a little okay. bit. I, yeah. I'm. I tried a completely unique or a new technique with doing this uh, with this one that I've done before, and I'm not sure that I adjusted all my numbers right. Okay. To account for how I was doing it. Okay. Um, it's a learning process. So, yeah, and <clears throat> I think I have an idea. Well, assuming the flavor doesn't, you know, kick in the way that it could, I guess. But I think I have an idea of what I need to do to. Excellent turn it around so okay all right you know my address just send a bottle my way i'll tell you if it's yeah. good or not i'll get right on that <laughs> but but uh you know we've we've talked about modern times in the past and you know I'm, I'm excited that they're they're in your area now and 
you know, I was looking up just to see what I had had from them. And I noticed when I pulled up their brewery page on untapped that as a brewery, they have a 3.96 rating. Oh, wow. On untapped. That's which impressive. Is, yeah. Yeah. That's good. So <laughs> go, go get yourself some modern times if, if you can. Of course. Yeah. I, I'm impressed so far with what I've had. Like I said, I have two more cans. I have six, two 16 ounce cans in my fridge. I haven't tried yet. I'm going to, Bust those out this week. Um, one thing, okay. Side note, um, because I had drank so much, like the for a while, this last week, I uh, I decided that I was going to go for a week without drinking. So you probably didn't see me log anything until Friday, and the reason why is because I had gained eight pounds in like the last two weeks of I was drinking so much that I said <laughs> I'm not going to drink until I lose the eight pounds I gained. So I'm below, and I, and I don't mind telling my weight. I, I got to 208. I normally am below 200 pounds. I'm a six six point, I'm a six three is my height. So I try to stay below 200. I got to 208 within like a short period of time. I said, okay, I'm, I'm overdoing it. I know when my beer intake gets too much. I know that if I cut out my beer, I will drop the weight. In one, in basically from Sunday... Well, Sunday afternoon until Friday morning, I dropped eight pounds just by not drinking beer. Nothing else. No, you know, no dropping food or nothing. I eat ate the same way I eat every day. But just by removing the beer from my diet, I was able to lose. Now, some of that is water retention too, and I realized that. So don't, you know, don't don't go too crazy on me. Um, for some reason, beer makes me hold in more water. I don't know why. And so the combination of the water retention reduction and the beer, um, by Friday morning, I was just under 200 pounds and I started drinking Friday at lunch. <laughs> so let me just tell you that, uh, when I celebrate, I celebrate big by going with a beer lunch. Uh, but, but let me caveat that also with the fact that th- that was my 20th anniversary year anniversary with my company that I'm currently working with. And my manager bought me the beers for lunch. So, it was it was okay. He, nice. All right. One one last beer, John. One last beer I want to talk about. Away from modern times. I, I kind of gave modern times the love, but you know what? I need to give some Laguanitas some love too. I still love that brewery, and I had a uh, a, a sour from them. The their Dark Swan, 2017 sour, and I didn't have a chance to try this in 2016, and I was very disappointed because I really wanted to try this beer. But I, I grabbed a bottle of it when I saw it on the shelf, and I tried it last week. And I'll tell you what, this is a really well-done dark sour ale. Um, I will tell you this, the first initial taste comes across really acidic and whiny. It has a, a huge whiny character when you first sip. But once you're once you get shocked from that first sip, all the remaining sips are really pleasant. And doesn't have that whiny, sharp characteristics, like really dry character to it. And it has a fantastic, like dark grape, sour grape flavor, or um, even some like black currant uh, character to it. The the flavor character in this beer is fantastic. I really enjoyed this sour. I recommend that if you're looking into trying a sour. Now it's not going to be the most mild sour, but if you give it a, you know, like I said, take that initial sip, get the shock out of your system, and then let it warm up 
and enjoy the beer as it warms. A very, very well done sour with great dark fruit flavors in it. I really enjoyed this beer. John, have you had a chance to try the Dark Swam either last year or this year? No, I haven't had. I was not even aware of this beer until I saw it in your list. So. Oh, okay. So try the beer if it comes into Ohio. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. I really liked it. I thought I didn't have any negative after I started drinking, you know, after the initial sip. And even Sarah, my wife, she she loves sour beer, so I give her a little taste. Same thing. The first initial sip, she's like, oh, my gosh, this is so dry and sour. But then the next sip she had, she said, wow, this is really good sour. So don't let the initial taste throw you off. Give it a shot. Drink the rest. I think you'll really be impressed by it. All right, I'll have to see if I can find that anywhere. All right. Okay, John, let's get into some listener feedback. We've been talking about all of our own beers, but you know what? We got more top 10 beer lists from our listeners. They're coming in slowly. Heck, we might have them coming in for the rest of the year, which I love because I want to hear from our listeners on what their top 10 beers are. So the first one comes from an email from our buddy Fred French, and he provided us with his top 10 list, and he says, uh, number 10, Trogues Nugget Nectar. What do you think about that, John? That's a, that's a good beer, right? You've had that one, haven't you? Uh, and see, this is one I saw on the list, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that, I, I've had that. It's a good beer. And then I went to untapped, and it's like, <laughs> I've never logged that. Exactly. Now I'm, now I'm wondering if I confused it with something else. But I'm fairly confident that I've had that beer and enjoyed it in the past. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure you've had it. I've had it. And if I've had it, you've had it because you were in the East Coast a lot longer than I have, although I do have some age on you, but it's okay. But, yeah, that is a great beer. Um, Hey, I'm glad it made your list. It's one I've had. I know, John, you've had it. You just haven't untapped it yet. So make sure next time you have it, you log it. Um, Here's one that that I've had, and it's it's not on my top ten list, but, hey, I can understand why it is. It's from Sam, Sam Adams. And it's their Cold Snap. Now, this is the beer, I believe, that Captain Mike M., Mr. Mike Mahoney, that he really enjoys. If I'm, or is this the one you, have you, do you remember, John, if this is the one he likes? I can't remember. I think it is. I think it is. Cold Snap. Um, hey, that's great. Fred French, Mike Mahoney, they're, they're on the same track. He, uh, number yeah, eight. When I, when I did log that one, I said it reminded me of a creamsicle. Ah, so, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, creamsicles are good. I like creamsicles. All right, number eight comes in Stone Tangerine Express IPA. Yeah, that's a good one. I just had a, a Stone Tangerine Express IPA either last week or the week before. Um, it's a good one. I, I, I like that. Number seven, Southern Tier Imperial Pumpkin. Yep, we've had that. That's a, that's a good pumpkin ale. You yep. agree, John? Yep. Yeah, wait a minute. Didn't we do... Uh, we did a uh, tasting on that, didn't we? Uh, not the Imperial. I think just the... The regular pumpkin? The regular. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, hey, step it up with the Imperial. Go for that extra emphasis. Number six, one I haven't heard of, Berkshire Mountain Brown Ale. But you know what? It's a brown ale, and I appreciate anyone that enjoys a brown ale and puts it on their top ten list. Have you heard of Berkshire before? No. Okay. 
All right, let's look that one up and let's try it. Sounds good. Um, number seven, Founders Breakfast Stout. We've already talked about that one. That's on a couple lists. Sam Adams Nitro Coffee Stout comes in number four. And here's a shocker, a shocker for me because this is my wife's favorite beer. Uh, San, uh, Elysian Night Owl Pumpkin Ale. Um, she loves Elysian Night Owl. She loves that beer. And uh, I'm glad to see that uh, Fred French agrees with my wife. And that's a, a, a tasty beer. Number two, Troig's Mad Elf. I think, did someone else have a Troig's on their list? you remember? I don't remember if they had Mad Elf. It's probably Wes if he did. Wes, I think, yeah, maybe he did. Um, yeah, good good beer. And number one, John, New Holland Brewing's Draw Dragon's Milk. And uh, this is one I've I've had. Let me look it up real quick. Oh, damn, as I dropped my phone. Um, I, I've also had, and, and now it's available in my grocery stores here. Okay, so are you going to revisit it? It, it? Came, it came to Seattle, and you had to uh, get it at a bottle shop um, if you were going to get it. But uh, it's it's in the grocery store here. Okay. So. Yeah, so I logged this beer back in February 2014. I said, a bit boozy, nice mouthfeel, sweetness takes away from the greatness. Now, keep in mind that... I don't prefer, I really, my least favorite stouts are milk stouts because I, I believe they come across too sweet. And uh, that's why for me, the milk stouts and the dragon's milk is a little bit uh, much for me, but uh, it's okay. It's okay. All right, John, you want to go ahead and start us off with uh, Kevin Page's uh, top 10 list? Yeah. Kevin uh, provided his list on Facebook. He said, been listening to your podcast recently. Good stuff. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, He said, so here's a top 10 list from the East Coast. He said, caveat, I haven't had any Trillium, Alchemist, Russian River, or Firestone Walker (laughs) beers yet. So, uh, well, get get to it. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's keeping you? Come on. (laughs) So, uh, number 10, he has the, the Sea Quench Ale. From Dogfish Head. That's a, a more recent uh, yeah. beer offering. I, I've heard good things about that beer. Have you had that one yet, John? I have. I have. What do you think? I I was not as big. So this one I enjoyed when I first opened it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was enjoying this at, uh, on, a, on a pool day, uh, oh, yeah. playing with the kids. And to me, as this beer warms up, at least the six-pack we had... <laughs> Uh, I got a lot of butyric acid. Um, oh, and wow. those familiar with that means my glass suddenly smelled like vomit. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I did not enjoy the second half of that beer um, when I had it. Okay. Uh, so it's been my recommendation of anybody opening it that they drink it fresh. And like fast. Right after the fridge <laughs> and keep it cold because it, it can be very nice. Um, and you know, maybe it's just what I had, you know, in my six pack or even that can, I don't know. Um, but, uh, for me personally, it, it, it didn't, uh, didn't hit the spot okay. after the first half. <laughs> so no the problem. First half was nice. No problem. Um, so number nine, uh, from Coppertail Brewing, uh, which I, I really need to get, some exposure to Coppertail. It's in Tampa. You got to go to Tampa. You got to visit Chris. 
see that's what's keeping me away from Tampa. Um, <laughs> but uh, it goes with purple drink. So I I have not had this, so I yeah. can't can't speak to it. Uh, number eight, Surly Brewings uh, Coffee Bender. Are you familiar? No, no. I no, I've I uh, I've had a couple Surleys, but not the Coffee Bender. But it sounds good. Same. I, I've had had Surly beers, but not not that one. Um, and then from uh, Two Rows slash Evil Twin mm-hmm. uh, collaboration, uh, Two Evil Geyser goes. Yeah, I That's, I haven't had it, but it sounds great. Yeah. Um, and from Parish Blue Brewing at number six, uh, Bloom. And I'm familiar with Parish Brewing, uh, but uh, I haven't had any of their beers. So I, this is a whole list of stuff I need to go try. No, so, And that's what I said, too. When I responded back to him, I said, I love the fact that we have a list from the East Coast of beers that I have never tried because these are beers that now I want to try, right? I need to I need to put these on my list so I can go out there and try them when I'm in the area. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like when you're in Asheville, North Carolina, and yeah. you head to Burial <laughs> Brewing and try the Feast of Sada or Sada. Sada, yeah, good, good, yeah. Um, and then at number four from Arcane Aleworks, uh, Gimme Swelter. I've heard it's of that beer. one. Great name. Yeah, I've heard I've heard that one before, and I've heard good things from it. So I just haven't, uh, again, don't have a chance to try it. Yeah, and here here's one that I can definitively say I've had because I drank it on the show, and that's a number three yeah. from Three Floyds, uh, the Space Station Middle Finger. Uh, I, it's I a need, pale ale. I need that one. Burned. Yeah, I still have one left. Um, You're saving it for me. Nope, uh, <laughs> but I still have one left. Um, okay. At number two, another entry from Three Floyd, Zombie Dust. Still a beer I'm waiting to try. I'm waiting for someone to send it to me. Oh, really? <laughs> I just picked up a six-pack at know. the grocery store. I saw you <laughs> I saw you check into it. I'm like, come on. Yeah, I took it down to Nashville for the bachelor party. Oh. It was the first thing we cracked open when we I all know. got there. I saw it. I saw you guys drink it. I liked it. And yeah, we each had our own bottle. That was oh, amazing. My. And you didn't say you... – okay. I have one of those left too. Okay, I need to make a trip to Columbus. Because but those, those to... are in the grocery store all the time. Okay. I don't know what your problem is. I know. Um, Zombie Dust is a beer I've been pining for for like five years. I've been wanting to drink this beer. Did so. you notice that it kept getting fives from the people that were logging in? <laughs> exactly. Beer? That's the problem. <laughs> Everyone gives it a five. Uh, all right. And number one, another uh, entry from Arcane Works, and that is Yoda Pants. Nice. So... Nice. Yeah, that's need to, need to head down to Florida for some of these. Okay, so, so I noticed, which I really appreciate, because another style that's coming into uh, becoming kind of a fad is the Berliner Weiss. Now, we've been talking Berliner Weiss for many years. I love the style. Now I see that, uh, you know, Kevin has two from Arcane Ale Works, they're both Berliner Vices, right? Yoda Pants and what was the other one? The uh, Gimme Schwelter. And uh, I've seen both those on my untapped, and I have been wanting to try them. So um, I need to make my way to Arcane Ale Works so I can try these Berliner Vices. Make it happen, John. Send me there. 
on remote. Just, uh, yeah, let me <laughs> let me get right on that with all my available cash. Uh, okay. All right. But no, definitely a good good list and nice uh, list. I need to keep around for things to to look for while I'm traveling. No, for sure, so. for sure. I everything on this list I think was pretty unique, except for Zombie Dust has been before. So, but hey, it's a great list. Things we need to try. I I need to go to Florida for sure, and to Ohio so I can drink some three Floyds. Three Floyds. So, all right. Thank you, Kevin, for your list. We really appreciate it. Our last uh, comment is coming from our buddy Chad Lamasa. He mentions on Twitter that Duck Rabbit is out of North Carolina, and the Milk Stout is probably his favorite of the style. And you know what's funny is. The next day when I started editing the podcast, I was I, I heard that I I got confused and said Pennsylvania. And as soon as I heard that, I remembered that it was from uh, North Carolina because our buddy Chase Langdon, he mentioned this brewery himself, that it's one that he enjoys. And uh, so, but thank you, Chad, for, uh, you know, answer, you know, correcting me because I totally drew a blank. Yeah, and now I know Rob hasn't listened to that yet because he would have also corrected me um, <laughs> on it. But uh, this is another beer that I had this past weekend. What? I just neglected to log it. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this is what I was drinking uh, for the fight. So. Oh, man, you got to see the fight too? Yeah, and I didn't have to pay for it, so that's even better. <laughs> awesome. You had a great weekend then. Great weekend. All right. Well, hey, we want to thank all of our listeners who provided their feedback to us. And if you want to provide feedback, guess what? It's easy to do. If you want to contact the show with your comments or questions, you can reach us through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com. Or if you want to use Twitter, guess what? Just tag us at tapthecraft. Send your comments and questions. And, of course, feel free to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tapthecraft. And we want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show. They provide our hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that John and I put out, then we know you will find some other great content like the following shows. Hey, you. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny and John. Now, I know you're a crafty consumer. And if you would like to consume other great podcasts, check out OpenFormRadio.com. We house such podcasts as Opaform Radio Proper, The 40 Cast, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, Just Press Start, The Married Gamers, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Lost Treasures of Gaming, Primetime, My Peanut Gallery, and many, many more. And please remember to leave these fine fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this show. Again, thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft. All right, well, now it's time for the Brew Buzz segment. The Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing all kinds of various beer-related topics. And this week, we are going to discuss an article provided to us by our listener, Close But No Saison, called Breweries vs. Fans, Craft Beer on Social Media. And this article was posted on PaceMagazine.com by Jim Vorrell and... In summary, I just want to kind of uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the what the article's about and then read some excerpts from it because I think it's very important that we get the full flow of, of what this article is about so we can so John and I can discuss it and you guys can 
comment and write into the show and, and talk about what you think about this type of behavior also. But in general, it's talking about how a brewery, you know, social media is very helpful for uh, small breweries. In fact, if you really want to be able to get the buzz out on your on your brewery and your and your beer, social media is the way to do it through Facebook, Reddit, uh, Instagram, Twitter. There's a lot of mediums to use to get the buzz going about your brewery. I think that Truck Beer, Truck Brewing, at truckbeer.com, and of course, Kristen, John's wife, does a fantastic job of utilizing all the mediums, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, to try to stir up buzz so that when they finally open, they're going to have a lot of uh, people coming in and trying their beers, and I'm, and they're doing it the right way in a positive aspect. Now, of course, they haven't released any beer yet, so nobody's you know, doing constructive criticism on what they're brewing, but... I am no, sure. we are getting a lot of constructive criticism on how fast we're opening, though. <laughs> I will say that. You mean how slow uh, you're opening? Or how yeah, fast? I, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> put a positive spin on it. Fast we're opening. <laughs> no, no. I, I get it. I get it. Uh, so um, this is an article that is, is pretty interesting. So let me just fill in the background details. So the article talks about a new Atlanta, Georgia brewery. The brewery is called Scofla. Weird name. I, does Scofla mean something, John? Is that a, a, a an urban dictionary term that means uh, flip the finger at your customer, or what does it mean? Does it mean something? Uh, no, Scofla is uh, just like somebody has like little regard for the law. Little, like oh, okay. A, you know, somebody, yeah, kind of okay. renegade or renegade. Like. They're, they're no, not... it's, it's an old. It's an old term. It's not. Not anything new. Yeah, okay. I thought you would have known it and had to explain it to me. I mean, <laughs> because I'm old. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm I glad. I'm glad you picked up what I was putting down. So. Well, I'm glad you were here to fill me in because I thought that's what it meant, but I wasn't sure. But you've you've definitely solidified it for me. But the they came out strong. They opened, I think, less than a year ago. Their beer came came out, and people just gravitated to it. Got the attention of all the locals became an instant success only a few months after they opened. Now they're selling all their beer. Things are looking fantastic. This is what I'm hoping John, right? John, you want to open the gates of Trek Brewing and sell out and have everyone talking about your beer, coming and asking when's the next release. I mean, that's what people want, right? Breweries want to have that kind of recognition. And and so I mentioned Modern Times. Yeah. Uh, with their you know brewery score of three point nine six, mm-hmm. I just looked up Scofla because I'm curious, and they are at a four point oh one. Okay, on uh, on Untapped after uh, about a year and a half. Was it year and they half? were added in January of 2016. Okay, so uh, yeah, so okay. pretty good, pretty good start. So so they're right up there with Modern Times. Now mark that at this point. Who knows if they're going to maintain that kind of rating um, moving forward? Because we're going to talk about some issues that they have with their beer. Now, it's great that a beer, a brewery opens and releases some beers that are fantastic, that that you know pique everyone's interest, that that come and and just you know create a buzz. The problem is if you can't 
reliably reproduce the same beer at the same quality the same flavors there's going to be some criticism on the beer people are going to comment on it now is it going to be people that are just you know fly by nights you know that come and try a beer and then go on to the next beer no it's going to be most likely it's going to be the people who like the beer and over month to month realize that wow the beer doesn't taste the same it's not it's, it's inconsistent. Uh, it's, it, you know, it doesn't look or, or have the same characteristics that I enjoyed the first time I had it. And that's the problem they're having. There's an issue with consistency and, uh, rep, rep, I can't even say this word, John, replicability. Rep, how do you say replica? It can't be replicated. Is that what I'm, what's the word? Replicability? Are you there, John? Yeah, I was talking on mute. I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. This is so I, unprofessional. I know. I, well, I was being professional. I had to pull my nose, and then I just forgot to un, unmute. Mm. But, uh, yeah, replicability, but I would have said consistency and replication. Replication? Uh, you know, personally. Okay. and it's, not, getting, not getting fancy with it. Yeah, yeah. And it's not just all the beers that they make, but the flagship beers, the ones that are supposed to be the ones they can reproduce and give – Time after time, the beer to the customers that are going to be there, the flagships of the brewery. Now, John, you've already commented on earlier shows that you haven't come up with flagship beers. You are going to kind of produce a bunch of beers and let the consumer decide what they like, and then that will be your flagship, right? Is that kind of your mantra you're going to follow? Uh, yeah, for the most part. I mean, we have an idea of things that in our area are likely to, you know, catch on or, or that kind of thing, mm-hmm. but we're not going to say these know, are commit ourselves yeah. to, to this and then, uh, you know, make bets on it and people like other things and we're stuck with a bunch of hops that we can't use for, yeah. for that. Cause we're not brewing as much of it. You know? Okay. Okay. All right. So it is understandable to have a few issues to work through, especially when the man is high, when, when a brewery comes out strong and people want their beer, there's a you know there's definitely a feel from the brewery owners that hey we need to produce a beer and get it out there because these people want the beer. So there is a little bit of pressure, and of course there's going to be some inconsistency. Inconsist- and the problem is is that there were some comments made to this consistency issue, and. As all good craft beer enthusiasts like myself and John, we're going to you know, provide some constructive criticism to help improve the beer that we enjoy, right? If, if we enjoy a beer that comes from a brewery, but every time we buy it, it tastes a little bit different, you know, we're going to say something that, hey, you know what, I really enjoy this Scotch Ale, but you know, when I bought it in June to when I bought it in September – to when I bought it in February, the beer doesn't taste the same, and, and it's a problem, or it doesn't look the same, or, you know, whatever. And so people started making comments, and guess what? Uh, the reaction from Scofflaw uh, to these comments, they, uh, they went to social media. They posted some stuff on Facebook, and um, the f- post that they, that they uh, posted raised a few eyebrows, and uh, they took to the to Facebook to counter the comments with the following statement. Now, I'm going to read the statement. This is word for word 
Um, there is some foul language in this. We try to keep our show PG, but I will, in interest of the uh, you know the words that they use, I will say the words. So don't uh, get too offended. But here's what they said. This is a small batch brewery. The amount of time a beer spends in a tank, sometimes due to limited human resources, uh, variances in ingredients, and other shit like the effects, other shit like this affects beer. For one thing, just my side comment. Obviously, we need to have some better uh, writing, you know, going on. But that's okay. I'm, I'm going to keep writing. Um, we do not have hop contracts this year. We are small. So we get the shittiest of pick of hops. Grain does not all come from the same field. We tinker with the inputs to work to improve the beer. This is part of what makes small batch brewing and craft brewing what it is. I know there is a lot of experts out there. So to you, if you want to get schooled on this, drop by and speak to Travis or one of the other biologists. On the other hand, if you want more consistency, you can find plenty of brands that never try to improve. Brands that have the money and access to gigantic tanks that they can blend into or blend into to make more consistent beer. We will gladly give you some recommendations. By the way, our craft breweries have these issues. Exploding cans, SRM and color variances, haze variances. Give them a break. Don't think this is a professional. Well, that's good because I'm not a professional. I'm an effing scofflaw. Hashtag, we brew beer for Georgia. Wow. John, <laughs> those are some strong words um, coming from a brewery that has some popularity in the local area of Atlanta um, that is having some obvious issues with some uh, ingredients, procuring the ingredients on a regular basis to maintain the same beer that they brew. But there's hints of other attitude in this uh, post that they did. Uh, do you have any comments or questions or any co- any comments or concerns? Uh, is this how you would respond to people that might have complaints of consistency to your brewery? No. No, that's not how I would respond. Um, and, you know, a lot of these in- ingredient issues and things they're talking about, the, those are things that, uh, so uh, let's see, last count we had, what, 6,000 6, breweries? Uh, we're close to 6,000, yeah. I think we're close around to 6,000, yeah. Around that number? Yep. So th- that's what... 5,800 of those breweries have to deal with because they're not big buyers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I don't To me, this just speaks to, you know, they are not willing to take a bath on a beer and they're putting it out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously I, I'm, I'm just uh, speculating on mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. know, because I haven't had their beer. Yeah. I'm just reading, you know, some of the stuff that's come out about it and heard some stuff about it. And, you know, honestly, if if I, I mean, they, they should know more than anybody what their brand is, you know, and what that beer is. Um, 
and uh, if if you can't identify that something has has shifted so dramatically before it goes out the door, well, that that's a bigger problem for your QC. Yeah. And honestly, sounds like you just don't have QC. Yeah. <laughs> um, prior to that stuff going out, and you know maybe maybe money's tight. May I, I don't know how they put it together. I don't know what their small batch is. Um. Maybe it's said in here. And I, I no, it, it didn't. No, it didn't say what their brewing capacity. Yeah, because I had gone to their website too, and I, I didn't see it on there. No, but they have they have big um, tanks. They have big tanks. So I, I'm not. I mean, small batch to me no, is. I mean, I, I'm seeing them standing on their brew house, and it looks to me to be at, at least a fifteen. Yeah, a minimum a fifteen. Minimum. Yeah, minimum of fifteen. Um, but uh, you know, I yeah I yeah it's brewing is expensive. And mm-hmm. opening a brewery is very expensive, and it's easy to uh, take on a lot of debt uh, when you're doing it because you're trying to do it right, you know. Um, and that can make it really hard, you know, if, if something needs to be dumped because you have bills to pay. Yeah. And there are people knocking on the door um, saying, where's my money? Because, uh, you know, stainless steel is expensive, and go into any brewery, look around, and uh, see all the stainless steel. And then behind that, there's, you know, a dozen things that you'd never even think of that they're they're paying monthly mm-hmm. to, to have or supply or, you know, have things available for the tap room and, and so forth. So uh, there, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it, it can be very difficult if, uh, you know, things aren't lining up the way that you – you wanted it, but, um, yeah, to, to me, uh, a lot of that reads as, you know, I, I don't want to say excuse because I mean, from the sound of it, they are, they are tinkering and they're mm-hmm. trying to make it work and maybe they're just not pushing the right buttons. But if you don't push the right button, you need to be ready to, to push the dump button. Yeah. You know, um, that that's that's really my my feeling, um, because uh, you know they they specifically call out exploding cans. Yeah, <laughs> there's no excuse for that. <laughs> no, there's not at all. Uh, that's rushing beer out. Yeah, that's uh, sanitation issues. That's you know something else. And you know I, I don't know how how much we want to get into the, this article, but. Uh, you know, there are comments about, you know, issues within the same six pack. Yeah. You know, that, and that to me just, uh, screams sanitation problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or sanitation problem or, you know, packaging problem that they're letting too much oxygen in or something like that. That's, you know, speeding up spoilage. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and, and maybe it's just that they got too popular, too fast and they can't keep up in a way to, to capitalize mm-hmm. and maybe they want to capitalize and everybody would want to capitalize if they, you know, they've had a lot of success. I've, and we said that, you know, they're over four, just over four, you know, rating on untapped. Yeah. That's, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Cause I bet that the majority of those 6,000 breweries are, I'd say under three and a half. Yeah, probably flirting probably with three. Probably close to right three. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, 
and it, it's I, I'd say it's really hard to get over that three and a half mark mm-hmm. would be my guess just because three is just a it's a line that people go to that I'm just I won't put you below this you know <laughs> so it's it and then but it's very hard to get above it yeah um so yeah I I don't know I I don't like you know the way that they went about responding to this mostly because I don't I, I don't at least the things they decided to bring up I, I feel aren't uh, it's not an excuse. No. You know. Yeah. Um and you know, it, it might be easy for me to sit here and say that before I'm the one staring at the, you know, fifteen barrel bright tank that didn't turn out the right way and I, you know, have to open that valve and just let it drain. I'd I'd like to believe that I will do the right thing when that happens. Even if I have commitments for that beer and I just have to go back to those people and say, Hey, it wasn't right. And I'm going to make right by you by not giving you crappy beer, Mm -hmm. but you're going to be delayed and I will get you your beer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but that's never going to be an easy conversation. It's never going to be easy to just, I mean, literally pour money down the drain. So no, I I agree. I agree. But, Let's go a little bit further into some comments here because a lot of the commenters, they, were, they weren't being mean. They weren't being cruel. They weren't saying, you know, your beer sucks because you guys can't do this, whatever. They were, most of these commenters were being positive, saying, hey, I really like the beer you put out, but you need to address the fact that there is a consistency issue, like John, like you mentioned, of having different beers that you know, I have a six pack of beer. I just buy the same beer, and I pour each beer, and it's a different. It looks different, tastes different. It has a different characteristic. That is not right. There is definitely a quality issue. And guess what? You may start off strong, and you may be able to be able to sell out your beer right away to a you know you know out the door. But if you don't fix these problems, guess what? People are going to stop buying your beer because. They're going to hear the word of mouth that the quality isn't there, that, you know, that things start uh, slipping and you're going to lose that 4.01 rating, which is, you know, I I think I'm sure they're going to lose it. I'm curious to follow them and find out what happened because the way they responded on social media is really detrimental to a successful business. So let me go ahead and read one customer begins his post by acknowledging that the points that Scofflaw made in that previous post uh, you know, we're actually, you know, hey, I, they, he understands that you're, they're having some problems working with variable ingredients. He understands that sometimes when you are working with ingredients that, yeah, things might go awry. But then he asked the brewery to stand behind those beers. If individual cans within a six-pack are wildly different from one another, then you know what? Something that customers, not only from one person, but from multiple customers that enjoy Scoffall beers site is a problem then guess what there's a problem there don't just ignore it you need to actually work towards fixing the problem and not just say hey if you don't like it go buy a different beer the brewery's response was definitely what i just said they're curt and dismissive by saying quote buy something else they might as well be saying if you're not going to compliment us then we don't want any we don't want to hear anything from you what you have to say and that's not the proper way to come across to your consumer base. You need to take the input with a grain of salt. Hey, 
yeah, there there'll be some uh, you know some some bad comments, some good comments, and then middle of the road comments. You know what? Take it all in, see what they're saying, and then make changes to what you see the you know the 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 average uh, normalized data presents. Don't just go with the you know there's everyone hating you or everyone loving you. You got you have to take it all in and 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 decide where you make the choices to to make it better. And uh, after all, Scofflaw's initial post specifically acknowledged that their own difficulties and consistency. So why are they angry when customers cite the problem they just acknowledge exists? That's a good point. You know, they said themselves that they're seeing a little bit of inconsistencies because they're getting different ingredients. If the customer realizes that and acknowledges it, don't shame them, right? Don't shame them and say, you, you know, hey, get in line or, or get out. We'll find someone else that will buy our beer. Acknowledge that, yeah, it's there. We're working to make it better. Don't alienate people. Don't tell them, hey, if you don't like it, go drink another beer. Because you know what? That's what they're going to do. You just lost a customer. And guess what? That customer is going to tell 10 other customers, don't go to Scofflaw. Their beer is inconsistent, whatever. It starts to build up. And uh, and you're going to start losing customers uh, a lot quicker if you don't, you know, be friendly about the, the problem. Yeah, so while you're kind of looking around, I've, I've been poking to see if I can find the size of their brew house. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looks like they started with a 15 and they had 15 and 30 barrel tanks. Okay. Um, and in April, they were planning for delivery of uh, three 90 barrel fermentation tanks and oh, wow. one 90 barrel bright tank. Damn. And those had been previously delayed. And when that was delayed, they had, um, they, they brought in some 60 barrels. Um, so uh, in, in theory, they're already, they're already blending. They're already doing that because if with a 15 barrel brew house, you're brewing, you know, four to six four, times into yeah, those four, tanks. four batches to make <clears throat> one fermenter. So I haven't found anything that ex- explicitly states the brew house size. Uh, it just talks about they originally had some 15 barrel tanks. So most likely that means they had a, th- a 15 barrel system, but it, it's possible they were doing half batches into those out of their 30 barrel. Yeah house as well so okay but you know either way they they should be able to take advantage of some of that consistency but uh i think they've just been exploding so fast they they just may be struggling to keep up and i mean one of these articles does actually reference their qc lab that they've also been um creating and this is you know before all this exploded, so it's not like it's a, um, you know, CYOA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so let me just read. I mean, the whole point of this article really is to say, like I mentioned early on, this is how to kill your brand through social media. And so there was a quote uh, on Reddit, a Reddit comment said, yeah, that's a bad look. Now talking about the fact that uh, you know the way that uh, um, Scofflaw's Scofflaw's uh, ref- responding to the the criticism, 
He says, no one is trying to tear down Scofflaw by bringing up these issues. If anything, the local beer community has been a little too willing to overlook the issues that they've had. Inconsistency due to hop grain variations is one thing, but basically canning two different beers from a batch to batch and even within the same batch is inexcusable. I get the feeling from their defensiveness that they know they have real issues outside of the expected batch variation, but can't figure out how to fix it. Posts like that are only alienating people who know better and who have been some of their biggest supporters. And that's what the key is. I, you know, that's probably it. Scofflaw knows they have problems. They don't know how to fix it. They know they have a demand. They, they're, they're, they're pushed against their backs against a wall and all they know how to do is just keep pumping it out. And then they'll figure out that later on they'll figure out how to fix it. And that necessarily isn't going to be their I – mean, that's the wrong way of looking at it. They need to fix it early on so they don't lose the momentum they have. And uh, um, I want to read one other comment. We, we're getting a little long here, but uh, um, there was more comments on Facebook. And this comment um, was really – uh, again, shows that Scofflaw is all about defensiveness, not listening to the comments, not listening to their customers. They're just defending their stance on this whole thing. And on Facebook, the customer said, quote, saying this is a very big Scofflaw fan. He's a very big Scofflaw fan who buys their beer all the time and frequents the brewery. He says he's telling them this is a bad look for you to go ahead and criticize and, and do all this uh, social media stuff that they're doing. It says, it's not worth making posts like this on social media. Nothing positive comes of it. What was Scofflaw's response? Not true. Big guys always trying to smash small guys. Small guys taking, um, small guys always taking shit from people because they scared to take up from themselves. Not who we are and not who we are going to be. Uh, there is a message here and that will be heard. This is not a joke. This is not a playground. We are not creating jobs and building families. We are we are creating jobs and building families. We are we aren't going to be bullied. Now, how the hell do they come up with this kind of response to someone that says, "Hey, I'm a big fan of you and your beer and I visit your brewery all the time, but hey, back off on your attitude." And he comes back with, "Hey, we're not going to be bullied." Come on, I think these guys have a chip on their shoulder, and this chip is going to kill them. I honestly can't see this brewery surviving if they continue down this road of publicly criticizing anyone that's, that comes in and, and, and has anything not positive to say about them. And uh, that's sad because, again, most of people are being constructive in their criticism. These are things they should be working on on fixing, not just taking it as a slant towards their name and and having and being squashed like uh, you know like nothing. But you know what? They're going to be squashed if they don't fix it. They they can't overcome these issues. Eventually, it's gonna it's gonna hurt them. Yeah, you know, I mean, there there are a lot. Of, like you said, there's a lot of brews out there now, and it can be real easy to you know go in go in a direction that that makes it hard to stay in business. Um, and, you know, realistically, you know, like they mentioned, a, a lot of the average beer drinkers, they're unaware of all this, uh, yeah. talk going on and they won't, 
they won't be aware of this. Just like there are people that have no idea that Lachnus is a Heineken brand. You know, <laughs> that's they, true. It's the same thing that we 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 talk about. I mean, there there's going to be a lot of people that that are unaware. Um, and you know, I, while I personally wish they would, you know, treat their their fans and and customers with with more respect, you know, at the same time, they could just be leaning into this, you know, just there's a, I'm blanking on the restaurant, but there's, there's a famous restaurant that you go, you go to and part of the experience is being treated like crap the entire time you're there. <laughs> and that's just part of the, part of the gig, you know? Um, Actually, there was an article on that not too long ago. I, I know the restaurant, but I can't think of it myself because I read yeah, the article I'm, about them being uh, disrespectful and that's the whole stick to the restaurant. Yeah. And, and, you know, maybe they're going to lean into the scofflaw thing and, you know, Hey, that's us. And if you don't like it, you know, F off. Yeah. And fine. If they can still get enough people to, to buy into it and say, ah, that's great. You know, then more power to them. But, uh, yeah, if you see us doing that, um, I hope that, you know, folks like you will knock me on the head and be like, what's going on, man? Yeah. (laughs) Because, uh, yeah, that's, that's not how I personally want to treat people. No, of course, of course. And you know what? I, I actually have, um, I have a story. I'm going to end this, in this article on a story of how I think that, uh, that breweries should handle this. So, one of the beers that I had at the Eastern Oregon Beer Festival in La Grande a couple weekends ago was a Scottish ale from a brewery that is uh, called Fearless Fearless Brewing. And I made a comment. I drank the beer, and I, I made a comment on Untapped that said that this beer is kind of uh, uh, not as full-flavored as I, as I expect, um, and it kind of comes across with a little bit of woody and smokiness to it. Um, and it was a Scottish ale. Now we've discussed Scotch ales on the show, but there's a whole nother style called Scottish ales. And there's a Scottish light, a Scottish heavy and a Scottish export. Now all those beers are the similar style as what we talked about as Scotch ale, except one thing, their flavors are less, um, a, you know, a little bit more mild and their ABV is below, you know, 5% ABV. And we went with the Scotch Ale, and that's where we had the, uh, uh, what was the beer we had, John? The Founders uh, Breakfast, or uh, uh, Dirty Bastard. Dirty Bastard. Dirty Bastard, which falls into the Scotch Ale because it was above the 6%, and it, you know, and it had a lot more flavor. So I made, it, I made that comment on Untapped. Fearless Brewing commented on my comment saying, you described uh, a Scotch ale. We brewed a Scottish ale. What you described is exactly what Scottish ale is. I commented back, not being an asshole or anything like most people would. I said, understood. But if you're going to say this is a Scottish ale, the ABV is above the Scottish ale limits. And I kind of made a joke of it. I said, but overall, I enjoyed your beer. And, you know, good beer, whatever. And they wrote back to Shea, understanding that, yeah, they were being kind of 
you know, kind of one way on the fact that, hey, I was describing a beer. When I see a beer that's over 6%, I'm not thinking Scottish ales anymore. I'm thinking Scotch ales. And for a Scotch ale, I want more flavor. I want more oomph to it. They understand that they need to try to get that that ABV down if they want to maintain the Scottish ale style to the books. But the way they handled it, very well done. We had a good laugh, and we ended on a high note. I wasn't being a dick. They weren't being a dick. We were, you know, we both had our comments, and we ended on a cheers, thank you for, for drinking our beer type uh, reality. That is the way I believe this thing should work. If I were to come across like, you know, your beer is the crappiest thing, yeah, they can, you know, comment back. But you know what? They're not gaining anything by alienating me. They made a comment that, hey, we appreciate you trying our beer, but the the style that you were described you wanted is not the style we brew to. And I just, you know, commented back that, well, then keep your ABV down. And they laughed at it and said, yeah, you're right. Touche. So there's a way you can get around and still maintain friendship in this whole beer uh, connoisseur type uh, environment. And I, I thought Fearless did a, a fantastic job. I think Scofflaw is alienating a lot of their fan base. And uh, me personally, I don't like being bullied. You talk about bullied? You know what? This brewery is bullying their customers. Bullying them in the fact that, hey, don't speak up against us or we're going to shoot you down. That's not the way to treat people who are fans of your beer. Take it with a grain of salt. Don't treat them poorly. You know, Learn from what your what your consumers are telling you and make changes to make your beer the best it can be. That's the bottom line of this whole article. And, John, I know that you are that way. Uh, you you do take uh, uh, constructive criticism, and uh, you, you're all about making your beer better, and I, I'm sure that you won't fall into this evil trap. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I carried on. Let's end the show, John. I wanted to keep it short, but like always, I just ramble on and on and on. But before we end the show, let's give out a few toasts. So, John, who would like to raise a glass to tonight? I'll raise a glass to Pete and just congrats, buddy. I look forward to seeing you all in another month to uh, to marry you. So, um, <laughs> Well, are you going to marry him? Yeah, I'm officiating actually. So what? Damn. Yeah, well, it's gonna be awesome. Um, and uh, cheers to my aunt and uncle for providing me some awesome beers. And then, uh, yeah, everybody who's showing off their their Trek gear, uh, I love it. So uh, it's awesome seeing that stuff. Thank you, thank you all for your support and uh, for for wearing wearing your gear. Of course, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, completely for you. <laughs> now, so how, about, how about you? When you raise your glass to you tonight? All right, I just want to leave. Lay, obviously, I've been drinking a little bit too much on empty stomach. Just, just slightly. Yeah, but, and that, I mean, let's be honest. That's only like the hundredth time you've slurred. So it's I know, not, even, I not know. even a bad episode. It's, it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's not professional. <laughs> but I want to thank all the people who have written in. Provided us their top 10 list, their comments, the feedback. We love hearing from you. So Fred French, Kevin Page, and Close But No Saison, thank you very much 
for interacting and being a part of our show. We really do appreciate it, and I just want to raise my glass to you and uh, keep it up. Keep keep inter- interacting with us. We love it. And, of course, I need to raise my glass to all the servicemen and women out there protecting our freedoms. Uh, I, I do a cheers to you. I want you to come home safely to your families real soon. And to Hopcloth. I want to raise a glass to Hopcloth Apparel for partnering up with us, and I encourage all of our listeners to go visit the site at www.hopcloth.com and check out their creative craft beer clothing. And, of course, use the code TAPTHECRAFT at checkout to get free shipping. Yes, free shipping. All right, and you can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned on the show in the show notes located at the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you would like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw. And, of course, no, you don't worry about getting, uh, getting criticized or whatever for your comments. We take all your comments uh and and reply back in a nice friendly manner so make sure you leave our comments but john knowing that you're gonna you know give them your input how do you want them to contact you uh you can follow me on twitter <laughs> at prime brewing and tap prime wa or the brewery trek brewing on facebook twitter and instagram at trek brewing or on the web at trekbeer.com yeah and of course Send in your photos of you guys in your Trek gear, drinking from your Trek glasses, your Trek tin sand signs on the walls, your, your hats, your shirts, whatever you guys got. Send the photos in. We'd like to see them. All right, John, it is last call, and it is time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show. We ask you to please tell a friend about our show, and of course, Subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and Podbean, or however you listen to your podcast, because we know you don't want to miss an episode. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers.